There we go. Uh, welcome back to another episode of SIDcast. Uh, I am your host, David Gibson. Thank you all for the love so far in January. It was uh, one of the most listened to months out of the past year. Uh, that being that we didn't have anything in the month of half of September, and then October, and then November and December. So naturally, we were going to have a rise, but I didn't expect that much. Um, that being said, I also didn't expect this much support over on Patreon. Uh, we do have a Patreon page. It's it's mostly for to pay for the month to month uh, of hosting this show. It cost me nineteen ninety nine out of my pay, out of my pocket basically to. Uh, host the show keep it alive so that you guys can listen to where wherever you're listening it to um so i set up a patreon and i just kind of wanted to highlight that a little bit the lowest you can go is three dollars because that is the lowest amount that you could possibly give on uh, on patreon believe it or not so um there's that tier and then there's a five dollar tier if you guys are interested go to patreon.com slash sidcast and you can pledge over there uh and you'll get you know, basically credit in the show notes as well as credits in the intro, like I am right now. Uh, Eric Gibson, Jay Stancil, Roger Horn, Tyler Stosky, and Alec Morgan are all our patrons right now. And uh, I can't say thank you enough to, to any of you guys. So, um, yeah, that's out of the way. Be sure to sign up for our newsletter, sidcast.substack.com. Um, I'll also be kind of tweeting out some links you can kind of go back through our, our, our social media pages and find um, find uh, uh, the, the link to do that. It's absolutely free, and it just goes to your inbox. That's all, all it does. Um, so I, it's, I'm subscribed to a couple newsletters. I read them every morning as soon as I wake up. I got one that's kind of a sport business daily type of thing, and then I got uh, extra points by a, a previous uh, SID cast guest, Matt Brown. Um, so they're informative. I like to think that this show is informative from what I've been told. Uh, you guys really, really seem to like it. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think, um, I used to make a huge push for this, but, uh, rating and reviewing or wherever you're listening to this, uh, whether it be Spotify or iTunes or anything like that, um, just leave us a simple rating and review. It just takes a moment you can say a sentence if you have to, you can leave stars and not say anything if you want to. Um, no big deal to me. But uh, let's get to today's episode, actually. Um, I think I rambled. Two minutes and 40 seconds. Fantastic. Um, Well, have you ever been kind of, and I'm sure that there are a few of you out there, deep into another profession before realizing that maybe this isn't quite for you? Maybe you're sitting there thinking, man, I don't enjoy this. Maybe being an SID is that for you. I mean, it's not some careers aren't meant for everyone. So that's, that's going to be true in this story that you're going to hear from Jason Oliveira, um, getting deep kind of into the medical field, going through schooling and everything like that. And then all of a sudden just saying, I, I'm really, really not enjoying myself right now. Uh, returning to school to find out what exactly that is and getting into the sport profession just so happened to, uh, get to uh, a tiny little kind of SID powerhouse school uh, that's churned out, I think he said seven or eight different current SIDs. And um, so I think he landed in the right spot, obviously, to kind of help him to get where he's at. But the NAI, D2, um, D1 level. So we're, we're going to bounce around everywhere. Uh, we're going to talk about some hockey stuff. It, it's, it's a lot of fun. So uh, we will start off episode 168 of SID Cast with Jason Oliveira of the Seattle U Redhawks and uh, his sport background going up right here on SID Cast. 
Um, actually knew nothing about the sport profession other than being a professional athlete um, until uh, I got into college. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like a lot of folks in this business um, and just a lot of folks in general, I played sports growing up um, all the way through high school. I played hockey was my favorite. Uh, that's still is my favorite, mm-hmm. um, but I played uh, soccer a little bit growing up too. And then lacrosse in high school. Um, but my hockey skills were never good enough to go any further than that. So that's kind of where it panned out and life came after that. So, yeah, you gotta be thrilled about the Kraken, man. Now, I'll tell you what, I, that was the name when they listed it, what was it? They like said all the 24 names or something. I was like, it's gotta be Kraken. You just gotta think of the marketing here. You're going to tell me that they're going to pass up on screaming and release the Kraken before the team gets to court. There's no way. Yeah, I think uh, I think the city's been really, really um, responsive to the Kraken. I think they're, the buzz here is just absolutely um, kind of really, really cool, um, to mm-hmm. say the least. And But I grew up in Connecticut, so I was a Whalers fan. Um, mm-hmm. So having that team leave when I was, I think, in second grade, um, not the easiest thing to have a – what. 10 year old, 11 year old, something like that to make sense of. Um, mm-hmm. But we went it, through and. Yeah, there was like a lot more. I always thought it because my parents would always tell me that because the Colts came from Baltimore. And I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, what do you mean? Like, I didn't understand, you know, sport. I didn't understand yeah. business back then. Yeah, I mean, I think most, I mean, it, it's kind of hard to relate and people are going, oh, we're going to be a Hurricanes fan. And no, I mean, it's, yeah. it's like, I think Seattle's probably the best city. Makes sense of it. Like it's the Sonics going to Oklahoma and having having everybody here be like, "Oh, I'm a Thunder fan." No, yeah, that's not that's not how it works. No, it, it. I mean, it, I have no, I have no ill feelings against it. It's it is what it is. But yeah, right. Well, um, let's talk about your very first day of sports and inf- sports information here. Uh, like you said, you didn't know much about the sport pro- profession outside of being a professional athlete until you got to college. So how did this all kind of unfold for you? Yeah. Um, so I, I started, um, school as, um, and, and I went to community college just kind of figure out where I was going from there. Mm-hmm. Um, ended up being, falling to the medical field a little actually um i was and became a licensed optician uh in the state of connecticut so completely up opposite end of where we are now uh-huh. um, but i did that for a couple of years just but did not like the nine to five and trying to sell people glasses and stuff like that and i i enjoyed it um but it just wasn't really for me um, so I went back to school, um, ended up uh, getting a dark, uh, degree from in marketing from another community college, then transferred to LaSalle College. And that's actually where I found sports management um, and then the whole world of, you know, sports behind the shadows um, yeah. or the, fo- the folks that do everything, um, yeah. which has been great and it's been fun and um, I, I appreciate everybody that helped me along the way to get to this place now. 
That school seems to be a bit of a powerhouse for SID, cranking out SIDs, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think we have seven. There's seven folks from, at least when I was there, that are in the field now. Um, and I think there's probably even more at this point now. So, I mean, for a small D3 school in on the outskirts of Boston with 1,200 students, not, not too shabby. No, not at all. How did it feel to kind of have the talk with yourself about, you know, I'm doing something now, I'm selling glasses, I'm not really thrilled about it. So what was that talk with yourself about going back to school and maybe trying something else? Um, it was more of a, there was a situation in life um, that kind of said, hey, this is, this is what you need to do. Um, mm -hmm. So I kind of found this path through in an, you know, a different situation that happened. Um, and I just went for it. It's just kind of those, I just jumped um, and hoped for the best. So it was not easy. Um, I know my folks weren't real pleased with doing what I was doing, but because to them, they didn't know what sports were. Uh, they didn't know there was anything else beyond that. So um, it's kind of that unknown, but did it and we moved forward and figured it out along the way. So, yeah. Well, was that kind of, now that you're, you're, you are where you're at now, obviously a, a division one school, you've been NAI to D2 to division one. So um, how have they kind of accepted it over the years and, and how did you have that conversation with them? Um, they've always been really supportive. Um, I will say that even though there's, it's kind of been the unknown, um, mm -hmm. they've been incredibly supportive. So I appreciate my parents for everything that they've kind of in the support, um, even not knowing kind of what, we, what I was getting myself into. Um, and when I graduated, I remember when I graduated college from LaSalle, um, my mom knew very right off the bat that I was not staying in Connecticut. I was not staying in the Northeast because I needed to go. I needed to do whatever I needed to do. And it ended up being Alabama first and then mm -hmm. Colorado and Kansas and now clear across the country. So, um, it's kind of been a journey. And again, that support from them has been fantastic. And, but it is fun to try to have them explain what I do to people back home. Uh, it's, it's always, always gives me a little smile. And I, I gotta know what, what, how have they tried to, cause, cause we're um, the same way. Like I was, I was speaking with my, my, my uncle once and he was like, so what is an SID? I was like, I just, it's a PR for sports. And he goes, all right, what's PR? And I was like, yeah, cool, and, man. <laughs> and that's, and that's kind of how I've, I boiled it down for my family at least is media relations for sports, like do media relations for college teams. And that's kind of, we keep it simple and don't need to go into the, into the specifics, but cause there's this field does a whole lot more than that, but mm -hmm. just so it can get that explanation. We're good to go. Yeah. I feel, I feel like I'm more or less our graphic designer here lately too. Yep. There's all of that. There's you no, know, with things as we move forward, it's the days of, you know, just doing stats or doing stats and media releases and reaching out to the media and all that stuff um, is kind of also been added to with social media, graphic design, video content mm -hmm. um, and everything in the social world. So, and as we're doing this today is I believe national signing day. So mm -hmm. it's kind of interesting to see how everybody's keeping abreast on that as well too.
Yeah, I, I've been kind of paying attention all day. There are just some that like people are praising that I'm just not real crazy about. Like, I don't know. They're they're getting like all this uh, attention for you know being outside of the box creative, and it's just I don't know. There's there's just something to me about straightforward, simplistic, uh, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. Not trying to, you know, do a whole UI for signing day. So, yeah. Um, I mean, every every there's what 3000 schools in the NCAA. I mean, there's 3000 point of views of what they need to do. So um, they're just trying to do what, what uh, it's most important for them and their fan base and trying to get into the mind of an 18 year old, which mm-hmm. as we get further away from that, it's kind of difficult. Yeah. There's some weird kids, man. Like, I don't know if you feel the same way, but like, I was just, I don't know what bet means. I'm going to admit that right here on air. I have no idea when like I'm telling it when like I'm doing like a meaty day or like a headshot or doing some gifts with them and I tell them what to do and they go, all right, bet. Like, I don't know what that means. I, I, yeah, I, and I, I guess that's what that. hiring a GA is for to where they know like kind of what it is, I guess. Yeah. I will admit that I, uh, I have gone back quietly back at my desk or when I get home and, urban dictionary something like what did they say yeah just play along make sense of it and then figure it out as we go forward so my fiance um started playing that new kind of hip game among us and she just plays on her phone she just likes to have fun and uh Mm -hmm. in the chat they're always like you know saying phrases that she doesn't she has to look up she doesn't know how she doesn't understand so it's it's funny to see kind of both of us be like Oh man, I think we're uh, I think we're outgrowing these kids here a little bit. So, um, yeah, completely uh, completely different. But let's get back to some of your background here. Um, time to leave Connecticut, obviously. Uh, like you said, you went to Alabama, AUM, and we talked a little bit off air. How about they were former NAIA and now they're Division Two. So, what was uh, life like at that time for you? Um, what was it like, kind of moving away from the Northeast into a completely new alien area? Um, culture shock to say the least. Hmm. Uh, first and foremost, I spent, I don't know, 25 years living in Connecticut, living in the Northeast, was growing up in a certain way of life and understood things as I did. And then you get to Alabama and the deep South and things come to a screeching halt, which was very, very different. Um, not an issue, but just different. Um, I adjusted over time and I think the worst of it all was just a matter of the heat and the humidity and having it be Thanksgiving and still 70 degrees. And that was not usual for me. Um, But I mean, just like anything else, just like us in our field, we have to adapt and, you know, figure out what's how to make the best of a situation. And we did, and I did and spent two years there and did a fantastic job. And I think, um, and learned incredible amount, um, and help kind of help a program kind of rise a little bit and got a, got moving on to the next spot. So mm-hmm. it was good. And I enjoyed it. And I definitely, it was a weird situation. I had interviewed, um, I think on a Wednesday, I did a phone interview on a Wednesday, was asked to come down a couple of days later for in person. And then before leaving the air, then before heading back home, uh, was given an offer, um, all in a matter and then drove down that following Wednesday. So in a matter of a week, I was had interviewed and 
was on our way and on a 17 hour drive down to Montgomery, Alabama. So yeah, yeah, man. It was, it was fun. It was, it was exciting. And, you know, it, it was an invention, sort of the adventure that we're on now. Yeah. So we've got a lot of young professionals that listen to this. We have a lot of people that listen to this that are still unfortunately in situations to where they cannot find employment right now. Um, obviously this journey is going to take you different places. Maybe you didn't anticipate um, to say the least. So how would you go about telling them, you know, when they're kind of in a stage of life to where everything's new, everything is going to be scary. It just to kind of work through that mentally and, and to, kind of reassure themselves that what they're doing is the right thing and you know everything eventually is going to be okay yeah i think it's that's a tough question um i think it's everybody's mindset and you know and how much they're willing to i guess go through um when Mm -hmm. are uncertain are is difficult um i know i've definitely been in positions where it's you don't get an answer. Things are kind of, you feel like you've been out of work for a little while and you get, you start stressing. And that's, I think that's natural. Um, I, I would just say, you know, try to find the things you can do, um, find the areas you can focus on. Um, and then what, whatever time you can develop your skills and develop yourself. So when you do have that opportunity, it's a, it's a no brainer as to why you, why you are where you are. Yeah. I think it's, it's a lot about the confidence and the, your ability to like, you're, you're, you're going to this place, you're going to the next stop, you're, you're doing this project for a reason. And just to kind of have the, uh, you know, not take yourself too seriously or make it too personal on yourself is another big one too. Yeah. I, I it's, it's definitely difficult. I, I, mm-hmm. I tip my cap off to anybody who, you know, who, who's gone through it. And I know this, this year alone has been difficult with a lot of folks being, being replaced and being let go um, because of coronavirus. And it's an unfortunate situation. It is tough. Um, I just, but we as a community can do what we can to help them and support them. Um, And hopefully, you know, we, this stuff moves forward and we get a little bit better as we go forward. Um, I know there's been a lot more openings and a lot more positions coming up as with a season start popping up again. Yep. Um, yeah. Bouncing around a little bit after that. I mean, you're, you you kind of slowly, you, you kind of took a jump out West and took a jump to the Midwest and jumped way out West. So um, what's a, what has that been like for you um, moving from place to place? Like you said, a little bit of culture shock you got, Obviously, Alabama is different than Colorado and, you know, Kansas is different than Washington. So um, what's that been like kind of the adjustment, uh, obviously, on that roller coaster? Yeah, um, definitely different, to say the least. Um, But I don't think there's been an issue with any of it. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I've loved Alabama was a culture shock to start off with and by the end of my second year, I kind of didn't want to leave. Um, I went to Colorado and I absolutely loved, you know, the snow, having the snow again and being in the mountains and seeing Pikes Peak every morning when I walked out of my apartment, um, which was fine. And, you know, I think every place um, has been different. It has offered different things, um, whether it 
be with the coworkers, whether it be um, the, just the day to day or even just the surroundings. It's every place has been a little bit different. It's been enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Kansas, Kansas was very different, very flat, very windy as far as, uh, yeah. <laughs> as, far as the weather standpoint. Um, you never get used to 30 mile an hour winds um, because there's hardly any hills or trees. And so it, it is what it is. Um, but the folks that I met, I was wor- able to work with, the coaches, uh, my boss, even the, and obviously the, athlete, the student athletes were, were wonderful. Um, it, I mean, Kansas for me is, it will hold, will hold a special place in my heart. Right now, Washburn and Topeka, Kansas will always be kind of a little special place. Um, and Alabama will be the same way. I mean, I'll, you know, I'll try to go back at some point and catch a game or when I can. Um, but everything's a little bit different. Every place is different. So make do with what we can and we go forward. So, yep. I remember distinctively on one of my college visits in high school, and you talk about flat and windy. I remember distinctively, uh, I went to, it, it is now closed, unfortunately, St. Joseph's College, which is in Rensselaer, which was in Rensselaer, Indiana. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of our former, I think, oh, gosh, and this is a little tangent. I think it would have been funny because I always think I was meant to be in this profession. I have a good friend, Kenny Banalak, who works at Kentucky Wesleyan now, who's, who used to be the SID of St. Joe. And I think it would have been hilarious just to be able to work with him from day one. That would have been great. But um, I went on this visit. And it was in the middle of February because my dad was always like, if you're going to visit these Northern schools, you need to go when it's cold. And I was like, okay, that's fair. It's better than going in the summer because I'm sure if you visit a school, you know, in the upper peninsula of Michigan, it's going to be pleasant in the summer, but not in the winter. So we always went in, in the cold. Um, I, re- I remember it was negative 10 degrees without the wind. And the only question I ever asked on any of my college visits was, does this happen a lot? And she said, yeah, but you get used to it. And I was like, no, I, I am not getting used to this at all. And that was like kind of the, that was one of the many reasons why I didn't go there, but it was just, yeah, I'm not I mean, a. Boxing around has been, I mean, I know ideally it's not the greatest thing, um, mm-hmm. but it's been fun. I, I've enjoyed it. Some people like um, it. I, I've been, I, I've, you know, I'd never pictured myself uh, growing up in the Northeast and saying, yeah, I'm going to live in Alabama. Like that's just not a thing you, I, I would have thought, but I've had that, I had that opportunity. I was able to, you know, go to small towns in Georgia and, you know, Mississippi and Tennessee, and, you know, see places like that. And, and then, and then when I was in uh, with Washburn, being able to go to, you know, Warrensburg, Missouri, uh, Kearney, Nebraska, Edmond, Oklahoma, like places that I would never think of ever but they're really cool. Like there's really small towns that are really fun and kind of interesting to see and, or go to see, you know, go to the, to Western Kansas uh, and go to Fort Hayes state um, and see some of the really cool things that are there. Just, they're not, you know, the major college towns or major cities that we would think of, but there's still really cool opportunities there and really cool features about those places. So. I always make it a point wherever I'm at to kind of experience. And that's a big thing. I, I like, I, we like to love to get out 
and go try new things, go try different foods, go try wineries, breweries, whatever you can. And um, I, I think it's something that where there's a lot of SIDs out there that kind of like when they're at a spot, they, they, they go to work, they go home and that's it. There's, there's no, you know, experience in it. Even just with the job, kind of what you said, traveling on the road with any teams, you're always going to someplace, someplace new, someplace, someplace else to experience, even though you're on work. I think a lot of more people, and you might agree with this, uh, need to kind of enjoy the moment wherever they're at. Yeah, um, I definitely would agree with that. I think um, particularly for some of us as younger SIDs, we always kind of look at, you know, the big school and kind of being at that you know, being at those big places that are on ESPN or going to the college, you know, football playoffs or whatever, what have you. Um, but there's a lot of really cool things and really cool moments that could be experienced at the D2, NAIA level, D3, um, that I think are kind of overlooked sometimes for these bigger opportunities, bigger places. Um, and it's kind of been an enjoyment of, lived through that small school life a little for, you know, almost 10 years now. Yeah. It's also kind of at that small school life, you get to do a little bit more that I'm, that I'm finding out very quickly. Mm -hmm. Yep. You will be an SID and that will include, you know, that title is, you know, everything that is from writing recaps and nominating for player of the weeks to, like you said before, graphic design and putting video content together and social media oversight. So yeah. How was that? How was that experience just with being around the small school, whether it be NAI or, or D2 or anything like that? How has that prepared you for uh, Seattle U now? Um, I would say it's kind of been this, um, there's a lot of similarities, um, you know, having to do multiple things. I mean, we're division one school, but we do a lot. Um, a lot of the stuff is we do is still on our own. Um, we're a bit of a smaller department though. Um, so, you know, a lot of the things I did at D2 or um, even as a student worker, um, I mean, we still do. Um, it's, it's not, not that there's an issue with that. It's just, it's been fun. Uh, it's just part of the, part of kind of the DNA of it now. Yeah, that's okay. Um, I've, I've been asking this people, people, this question uh, just because, I heard a quote that I don't know if I quite agree with. And it was today at our locker room reveal. It's like, yeah, there came out of, came out of, I don't know. God, I'm going to butcher this, but be ready. So you either came out of quarantine, uh, a bum, a drunk, a monk, and some other word that I can't remember. But when it all kind of shut down for you, how did you kind of work through COVID working from home and uh, your adjustment back to working now? Um, well, we're still working from the office mm -hmm. or not from the office, excuse from me, from home, home um, our home office, office, quote unquote. Yeah. Yeah. Quote unquote air quotes, um, yeah. home office, um, which by the way, mine has really gotten an upgrade since March. So I am kind of, that has been the small silver lining in all this, I guess, personally. Um, but as far as I've dealt, I mean, personally, I've dealt with it actually pro probably rather well. Um, I'm kind of an introvert on my own personal merits. So being home, being quarantined, not necessarily bit, been an issue with me. Um, so I, I mean, I've figured it out. Um, it was, it has been a shock 
without a doubt uh, to start with. Um, we were in the middle of the baseball season, uh, like a lot of folks. And I think, or won't, I mean, we were, I had a baseball game March 11th. We finished the game and during the game, there was a, I think there was a text or a tweet that went out um, about, you know, the Patriot League just shutting down. Um, or I think, sorry, it was the Ivy Leagues that shut mm-hmm. down. And that kind of, in the press box, that kind of sent ripples across going, okay, that's that's something. Yeah, the smartest um, people in the college athletics are shutting down, yeah. Yeah, it's, it kind of was just, uh, okay, that's a, that's a, that's a thing. Um, and then obviously the NBA followed, you know, right after that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I, my heart will go out and continues to go out to our athletes um, and kind of just navigating this as we go through it all. Um, there's no right answer. There's no proper way to handle it. Um, and even now, as we have basketball seasons go through, there's been a lot of teams that have postponed or outright canceled games because of issues. And I mean, we're, we're closing in on a year and that's, mm-hmm. it's, it's not, can't say it's been any better. So, yeah, my story was kind of similar. I was live tweeting a, uh, I was live tweeting a softball game. They were in Arizona. I was still in Bloomington and um, I just got done with game one. It was like a, it was like the Arizona Invitational, whatever the hell it was. But um, I remember getting a text that said, stop tweeting, even for final score. Like I tweeted final, they just said, just tweet the final score and that's all you're going to do. And I remember seeing one of our, one of our SIDs because I wasn't really an SID role at Indiana. Um, he came in and it was like one of the most, I didn't, I didn't really see him a lot. I didn't, I didn't, I probably said two words to him like ever just because of like how busy he was and everything. But um, I remember seeing coming, him coming in just straight disheveled, like almost in a panic state. And that's when I knew, and it was the same time when I got the text and I saw him and I was like, this is, we're done, aren't we? And that yeah, was, was, that was a freaky moment. Yeah, we had, uh, we had just started our basketball tournament in Las Vegas. Uh, the men had, our men's team didn't, hadn't played yet. The women's team, I believe was scheduled to play on the 12th. Um, and yeah, it was just emails going out and going, okay, here's what's going on and just kind of communicating, but updating. Mm. But like I said, it's like, there was that unknown, like, what are we doing? Like, what is going on? And I think a lot of, and I know there's been a lot of folks who kind of pointed to space jam and the opening scene from space jam um, with uh, at the old Coliseum. But mm. I, I mean, we all thought this was going to kind of be a two week thing. I think mm-hmm. um, just pass, we'll pause for a little while and get back into it. Um, but it obviously became very clear that that was not going to be the problem. That was actually not going to happen. Um, so it's, again, it's unfortunate that we, we can't, we've got put into this position for everybody. Um, but I think hopefully we will hopefully get out of this soon. Yeah. I think it's important for anybody that that might be back in the office and then all of a sudden, you know, you have to pause team activities or your conference cancels or for, for whatever it is, for whatever reason, um, to allow yourself to feel, be in the moment. And it's okay to be upset about something. Um, 
but it's not okay to kind of dwell on being upset if that makes sense. So allow yourself to feel in the beginning. And I highly recommend not trying to predict anything. I have stopped doing that here and it is so much better. It's liberating. Yeah, there's there's not a whole lot we can predict because if you predict something on Monday, come Tuesday or Wednesday, it's, it's going to change or it will likely change. So yeah. at this point, just kind of roll with the punches. And, you know, like I said, you know, we're, we're SIDs. We need to adapt or we'll, we will adapt, but it's just kind of trying to help make sure everybody else around us can as well. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about kind of your career path and how you've been from place to place. You've obviously had some excellent mentors, some people that you've worked with, whether it be AD, student athletes, whatever. Um, I want to talk about paying it forward a little bit here. Yeah. So how, what's your uh, thought process on that? Um, and, and can you spell, spare no detail for us? Um, I'm starting to do a little bit more with that. Um, mm-hmm. Being part of the young professionals committee, I think is, was my first step um, in doing that. And um, I think trying to slowly get into that and doing, helping the next, the next wave of, folks that are coming in, um, you know, whether it be advice or guidance or do whatever I can to help um, is, I think is really important. I th- so there, there's some, such an unknown in this role, in this role um, that I think anything we could do to kind of shed, shed a little light um, on what we do on it from a day to day and kind of some of the experiences we can have um, is really important. Um, even if that's not from an, an SID standpoint, if it's, you know, social media, if it's graphic design, if it's something else, um, we are lucky enough to have those relationships with some folks from, you know, sm- our own school, from larger schools elsewhere that can do, that can help with that. So whatever we can do to kind of help next wave, get that information so they're ready to go and, and are helpful and can move forward. So. Yeah. For the next wave, I would say like the, don't be afraid to just ask questions. Like I always, at the end of every episode, I always ask like, what's the best way to get in touch with you? If anybody wanted any questions for you and just be fearless in that. Like you don't have to, please don't email somebody just be like, Hey, give me a job. Like you don't do that. Like just, if you have a question about how they do something, you know, anything like that, just do not be afraid to shoot them a message. Yeah. I think my biggest thing, um, is asking questions. I mean, I know mm-hmm. when I was coming up and learning, I think I, the biggest thing that I realized was if you ask questions and you ask meaningful questions at that, um, it's, it shows, it shows that you care, shows that you're invested. Um, and at the end of the day, I think that helps kind of your own development as, as somebody who's coming up. Um, I, I started, I do a lot with graphic design, have done for the last few years. Um, from, you know, the schools I've been at and, um, I, I'm self-taught. I think like a lot of SIDs were self-taught. YouTube university or, is what I call it. YouTube university. Um, I've, you know, Twitter university, all whatever you want to find. Um, and, and I've been able to, you know, make connections and find other SIDs, um, who have who've done a really good job, um, in that realm or in that field that I've been able to, you know, ask them, ask them questions or regular graphic designers and ask them questions. Um, and as social media continues to be 
a juggernaut in this field, kind of finding those social media um, pros and asking them kind of what their thoughts are and their tips. So just so we can, you know, exchange ideas and thoughts and just make things better for each other. Um, but, uh, you know, going back to the coming, those who coming up, asking questions, you know, being willing to sacrifice a little bit um, to get a, 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 some knowledge, some experience to move forward. Um, and I think that's, those are the big two things, the two big things that, I mean, I would look for, I've always mm-hmm. looked for. Yeah. I think the thing at COSIDA convention, and we'll kind of get to my question here in a second, but um, has always been like people, but like my first one, everybody was like, you need to have like a, like, like a list of people that you want to go talk to and meet and everything. To me, I just, I just you know, walked up, talked to anybody. I didn't really have a list. I was just, you know, I'm pretty personable. I get along with just about everyone. So like, I wasn't, I didn't have like a hard list. I was like, I can't talk to you. I'm going to go talk to him or her or whatever. But um, I, I think that uh, now that we are virtual again, um, I don't know if you heard that or not. Yep. Okay, good. Just I, you're figured you're on Young Professionals Committee. You probably you probably knew. So, um, I, it, the the game plan changes a little bit for y'all because now you can't meet somebody face to face, and now you are the only thing. The only thing you were sacrificing at Cosite if you're going to try and find somebody and meet them face to face was, you know, body mannerism, body mannerisms, finding somebody, you know. Uh, time and energy that it takes to go find. But now the only thing you're sacrificing while well, networking now is your thumbs. All you got to do is DM them. Like that's all, that's all, that's all it is to me. So um, I, I find it silly that people kind of like shy away from that a little bit. I I've found some really good friends just by me just walking up to them and being like, Hey, how are you? Like it's yeah, super easy. I, I mean, I think with, with all of us being a lot more comfortable on zoom, Mm-hmm. Um, I think that will, you know, help a little bit um, in terms of, you know, reaching out, trying to make time um, and kind of that familiarity with it. Um, I, I think there is, I'm one of those people who is at convention who, I mean, I remember my first convention, I knew nobody um, and it was very daunting, um, but you figure it out and hopefully you find a friend or, you just have a conversation with somebody and you go from there. Mm. Um, so, I mean, it, it is, it can be daunting at first. Um, but I think if you take that leap and you, and you have a conversation with someone and you make, even if it's somebody from another conference or from another division or what have you, um, I think that helps. I think that helps make things more comfortable and easier moving forward. Um, and with this year being on virtual, being virtual again, I think that will also, I think we'll still figure out what that looks like in terms of meeting new folk, meeting new people. And I'm sure, and I know uh, the the executive staff with COSADAs will do a great job in kind of making sure everything goes forward and the committee will make, a sh- make sure we have that time um, yeah. to, to do, to do that. So, yeah. Well, um, I would like to turn this part of the interview while I to ask some fun questions. How does that sound for you? Sure. Let's go. Awesome. Um, in your professional tenure, what's your favorite memory? If you have one or if you have many. Oh, oh gosh. Um, yeah, it's a hard one. It really is. It's like, it's at, uh, 
It's quite the leadoff question, honestly. Yeah, that's quite a leadoff. Um, <laughs> um, I would say it's not a it's not a particular game or anything like that. Um, but it was when I was with Washburn. Um, I was work. I worked with the volleyball team, and they had um, they actually made it to the national tournament uh, final site in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. um, Pennsylvania. Um, and so kind of being around them for that trip, um, being at the airport, being on the bus, kind of going through Pittsburgh um, was really fun because uh, trying not to disrupt uh, their, their thing, their order of how they sat on the bus. The only, one of the only extra seats was towards the back with the seniors. Okay. Um, so being able to sit in the back kind of with some of the seniors and these upperclassmen um, was fun, kind of just hearing their conversations and kind of being immersed, a little bit more immersed in that in that role, in that position with them. Um, so I think that was fun. Uh, that was in really, I would say, probably one of the best moments. What about on the other side? What's your biggest horror story, if you have one? Um, <laughs> Love the face. I'm sure there's some. Um, I, I just, unfortunately, nothing's jumping out right now. Um, it's okay. I would say, I would say going back uh, to like the early days when I was still applying, when I was applying for places and looking for that first job, um, I was so nervous. I think I was just trying to get out applications in a timely f- manner that I messed up on a school's name. Um, so I think they actually were kind enough to reply and go, we like your resume. We like everything you got. However, we're not moving forward because you spelled the schools, you spelled our school's name wrong, um, which felt like I dug on my face really. Um, but it was also a really cool learning experience from that as well. Um, for having them take, having that person take their time to reply um, and just give a little bit of feedback at that point and go, you're good, but, but mm, we can't. Is, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I had the same thing over the summer to where I misspelled somebody's name. All right. Misspelled. It was either, it was either somebody's name or their title. I can't remember what it was. And I think the person who I did this to listens to the show. So I'm sorry in advance. You already knew this, but he emailed me back and he was like, Hey, um, first of all, you, you uh, misspelled my name wrong in your cover letter. And uh, but I would love to set up an interview with you and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I was reading this cover letter. Like it was like my job to reread this cover letter and I can't find it to save my life. And it is right there in that little header to where I completely overlooked it. I've read the body of the letter multiple times prior to that, but it was just that one time to where I missed two letters around. Yep. De- uh, details matter. If we're going to, if we're going to say we're detail oriented, we need to make sure that those details are uh, correct. So, yeah. Um, what's one thing you're interested in to learn more about in this profession? Um, I think there's so much we can do still. Um, whether it be better interview skills, better um, graphic, you know, being able to design for social media a little bit better, just managing social media better. I think there's so much um, to continue to grow in that it never gets old. Um, so there's always something to learn um, when there is downtime. Not that there's usually a lot of that during the season. 
but when there is downtime, I think all of those things and probably more just trying to be as well-rounded as I can to help, you know, Seattle U or mm-hmm. Washburn or whatever other school. Uh, when you're not in your office or your home office, what are you doing to have fun? Um, when I could, I would go play adult hockey, adult league hockey. Um, mm-hmm. That was my source of exercise and form of um, disconnecting from everything. Um, right now, it's the, the walk from my office. Yeah. <laughs> the walk from my office or my desk to the couch is really not that far. So it's I do what I can. I try, I've been trying. I've been going out on walks around the neighborhood just so there is some sort of movement. Um, but other than that, it's, you know, I play, you know, play video games, try to connect with family as much as I can mm-hmm. uh, with them still being on the other side of the country, but doing whatever, you know, doing stuff like that. Um, next time somebody is in Seattle and when they can, what's your restaurant bar recommendation? Um, somebody likes seafood. I would suggest Ivar's uh, I V A R. Um, mm-hmm really really nice uh restaurant that is right on the water um overlooking the city um so it is a beautiful view uh it's actually took my parents there when they came out um last year so perfect if anybody had any uh, questions for you or want to follow up with you in any way what would be the best way to do it um twitter would be your best bet uh dms are open to everyone so feel free to jump in uh and that would be j-o-l-i-v the number three i-r-a um or you can just search jason Oliveira. there's going to probably be a couple others but um there's probably currently a little kid photo that's up there um but gotcha cool well uh jason thank you very much for coming on to season four of best id cast we all really do appreciate it thank you very much